You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Okay, welcome to the 2017 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. I'm Imogen. And I'm Lauren. And we are rounding up all of the most important, most interesting bootcamp news that we read about Course Report this year. Um, We are usually just bi-coastal, New York and LA, but because it's the holidays, we're all in our hometown. So I am coming at you live from Houston. Lauren, where are you? I'm in Richmond, Virginia. Cool. And then Imogen, I think you're the furthest away, right? Yeah, I'm in Auckland in New Zealand. Wow. Okay, cool. Well, it's amazing that we can record a podcast from those three places. So (laughs) it was another really interesting year for coding boot camps. A lot of schools are hitting their five-year anniversaries, which is a reminder that this industry is five years old, which is kind of crazy. Um, And there's so much going on in, you know, in boot camps, but it's still nascent. You know, five years is not that long. And there's so much room for growth, uh, for new innovative approaches to this boot camp model which we saw in 2017, and I think we'll continue to see into 2018. Um, As you probably know, if you are listening to this podcast, uh, we round up news from each month in our monthly podcast. Uh, So we've sifted through all of those, and we've chosen the most defining stories of 2017, and we're going to share them with you today. So it was definitely an eventful year. A couple of big boot camps closed, a ton of new boot camps launched, Some schools were acquired, other boot camps raised money. So we're going to talk about the trends, thought pieces, and controversies over 2017. And at Course Report this December, we're ending the year with a bang. In 2017, we added 94 new schools to our directory. We gave away over $7,000 in exclusive Course Report scholarships. We launched our new Get Match tool and matched over 15,000 of our readers with coding boot camps. And we published 183 new articles on our blog. Um, What were the most popular articles this year, Imogen? So the most popular article of 2017 of all the articles we've ever published is the front-end versus back-end article, which is a great comparison of the difference between front-end and back-end technologies and includes definitions and examples of jobs you can get. And then what about in 2017? So the most popular article that we actually published in 2017 was an article about React Native versus iOS and Android. This was a guest post by Turn to Tech founder Aditya Narayan, and Turn to Tech is a mobile development bootcamp in New York City. And he looked at how to choose whether to learn a native mobile development language like Swift or Android, or whether to learn a technology like JavaScript and then use a hybrid framework to create a mobile app. Fantastic. Well, okay, let's dive in and we can rewind back to January 2017. How did we start 2017 in bootcamp news? So in January, Tech Republic reporter Alison Denisco-Rayomi explored if coding bootcamp grads can compete with computer science grads for jobs. She looked at a triple byte survey which looked at how bootcamp grads and college grads performed in technical job interviews. The survey found that bootcamp grads were better at web programming and writing clean modular code, but worse at algorithms and understanding how computers work. 
And although employers that reporter Alison interviewed for that piece found bootcamp grads to be sometimes limited in their knowledge, Ben Nowacki, CEO and founder of Three Screens, says, quote, we like to keep a mix of junior, mid and senior developers on teams. The passion graduates from Code Academies bring to their work has been second to none. They have a strong foundation in development, but avoid of the bad habits many seasoned developers bring in with them. Yeah, I think when we talk to employers, uh, I like constantly hear about that kind of trade off between the lack of algorithms and computer science training, and that practical experience that boot campers bring. Um, how do you think the boot camp industry kind of responded to that trade off this year? So we've seen boot camps add more computer science concepts to their curriculums. We spoke to Lighthouse Labs and Block recently about their new CS units, and Fullstack Academy added a computer science Saturdays to their curriculum where they do a whole day of CS every month. Cool. In February, coding was dubbed the next big blue collar job by Wired Magazine and Wall Street Journal looked at how coding boot camps can retrain workers in middle America for the 21st century. So just like in any industry, there are different levels of skill and different education required. But in coding, there are your Mark Zuckerbergs. And then there's also a huge need for millions of developers outside of Silicon Valley. So the solution to this difference in skills needed, Clive Thompson of Wired says that we should spend less time urging kids to do expensive four-year computer science degrees and instead introduce more code at the vocational level in high school. You could learn how to do it at a community college and mid-career professionals could go to coding boot camps. There'd be less focus on the wonder kids like Mark Zuckerberg and more on the proletariat. Clive also focuses on the states that have been hit by deindustrialization, like Kentucky. For example, a mining veteran named Rusty Justice founded BitSource, a code shop that builds its workforce by retraining coal miners as programmers. Justice shares how miners already possess deep focus, team dynamics, and they're skilled in engineering technology. And he coins coal miners are really technology workers who get dirty. Yeah, I think, you know, boot camps started in San Francisco and New York City on the coast, but now there are schools in over 70 U.S. cities. So I think that we've really seen this push into smaller non-tech hubs, and that has the potential to obviously get more blue-collar workers into tech and help grow the middle class. So this is a really um, neat kind of trend that we noticed uh, around February. Yeah, and then the national average salary for IT jobs is about 81000 more than double the national average for all industries. And the field is set to expand 12% from 2014 to 2024, which is faster than any other occupation. So cities like Cincinnati, Detroit, and others are really pushing to get more people from out-of-date industries to get trained into technology. And then Lauren, did we publish any articles on the Course Report blog in February about this demand for tech skills? Yeah, we see this demand specifically in mobile development. On Course Report, we published an ultimate guide to mobile development boot camps, and we highlighted how the mobile app economy specifically is expected to hit $102.5 billion in gross revenue by 2020. So this is a great guide to show the need for professionals within mobile development, and how mobile development boot camps are aiming to equip students with the necessary skills to succeed in the industry. A fun fact, mobile devs can actually make anywhere between $40,000 to $108,000 a year with an average of $72,000 per year in salary. 
Well, in March, a few publications, TechCrunch, Wall Street Journal, Chicago Tribune, all covered the launch of a new organization called CIRR, C-I-R-R. And this is our first trend alert. This is our first trend alert, which was regulation in boot camps. Uh, you know, while we probably won't see more federal regulation, at least in the United States in the next couple of years, there's been a lot of internal regulation amongst the boot camps um, around student outcomes and quality of instruction and curriculum in coding boot camps. And that kind of internal regulation just continues to mature. Uh, we saw that all throughout 2017. So CIRR, which stands for the Council on Integrity and Results Reporting, launched in February, but then school started actually releasing their outcomes reports in March. So we saw most coverage in March. CIRR is a coalition of schools that announced their commitment to publish student graduation and job placement data in a single standardized framework. Um, at Course Report, you know, we've talked for the last couple of years about the importance of, you know, students being able to understand their potential return on investment in terms of time, money, effort that they put into a boot camp. And CIRR is a great step in that direction. Uh, I think mostly because several schools have decided on this single standardized framework. At the same time, there were hints at some other organizations with similar goals as well uh, throughout 2017, which we'll talk about. But CIR was a CIR was a cool one. So, how many schools are part of CIRR now? So they started with about 15 schools in March. Today, I believe that they're actually over. 40 schools that have signed on. And since then, many of those schools have released reports that actually adhere to those standards. So you can see how many students graduated from a program, um, how many got jobs, what types of jobs they got, and their average salary. And the standards themselves have also evolved. You know, as more schools have signed on, it's become apparent that the standards need to get stricter or more lax in certain places. Um, and that in 2018, schools will have to start having their outcomes reports audited. And then the other news about CIRR throughout 2017 is that they spun it out into a nonprofit. And Michael Kaiser Newman from Epicodus is running it. I think he stepped down as the CEO of, of Epicodus. And then on the course report blog, we published a piece in March that we've now kept up to date. It's all about CIRR. If you have questions about it, you should find the answers in that blog post. And we also have just like some general advice about how how to read an outcomes report and like what to take seriously, what to ask more questions about. So yes, CIRR was important in March, still important, still around, very cool. And then also in March, Doug Belkin of the Wall Street Journal covered a handful of boot camps that started building tuition-backed guarantees into their business models. Doug had covered coding boot camps pretty often and really thoroughly, so his articles are always great. Um, the boot camps he covers in that piece are Flatiron School and Holberton School, but then since then, several other schools have added job guarantees, and we'll talk about those in a few months, but still in this podcast. And then in April, R&B artist and producer Neo invested in Holberton School as part of Holberton's $2.3 million fundraising round, and that was reported in TechCrunch. Holberton is a school in San Francisco where students learn together through building projects over two years. And then over the last year, one of the common themes that we heard from really successful alumni is that it's not just about getting your first job, it's also about continuing to learn and grow after you graduate. 
So on the Course Report blog, Lauren wrote a great piece about learning after boot camp and covered some ways that boot camp grads can keep learning and growing in their first jobs. So Lauren, what were some of those things? There are a lot of ways to keep your knowledge fresh after boot camp. You could go to conferences or even speak at them, attend meetups to meet other developers, participate in hackathons to learn a new language quickly, or read a lot of books. So there's other ideas in that article, so definitely go check that out. In May, Indeed.com released a report showing that 80% of U.S. tech hiring managers and recruiters say that they've hired a coding bootcamp graduate for a tech role, and 99.8% said they would do so again. So here are some quick facts from that report. 12% of employers think bootcamp grads are more prepared to be high achievers than candidates with computer science degrees, and then 51% of employers said hiring bootcamp grads is a good way to help job seekers from underrepresented groups break into the tech industry. That sounds like pretty positive feedback. Were there any of those employers that were like unconvinced by bootcamps? Actually, yes. So 17% of employers believe bootcampers are not as prepared or likely to be high performers. So there are employers on both sides of the spectrum, which is expected. But even more importantly, 98% of employers surveyed said that they wanted more oversight for boot camps, and they would support increased regulation and accreditation requirements. Indeed's report did mention CIRR as a potential solution to this concern. But overall, you could see that employers were really starting to get on board with the boot camp model. Cool. Well, in June, we saw our first big fundraise. So Trilogy Education raised $30 million in a Series A funding that was led by Highland Capital Partners with Rethink Education and City Light. And if you don't know Trilogy Education, you probably will soon. They started with Rutgers Coding Bootcamp, but now they have over 20 boot camps in collaboration with universities around the country, and they've actually expanded um, overseas as well. So they're at like University of Texas, Berkeley, all over the place. And Ed Surge, when they reported on this, asked their CEO what they would do with that $30 million fundraise. Their CEO says that they would grow into new subject areas like user experience and design. Cool. And have there been any more developments since then? Yeah, since June, Trilogy has announced that they are expanding overseas and to Canada. And then they're also doing some full-time programs. Before, they were just doing part-time 24-week-long programs. And then Berkeley Bootcamp is now running a data analytics and a UX UI bootcamp. So they're expanding across verticals into new you know, geographic markets. About $30 million is definitely going places. And then you know how we were talking about CIRR earlier? Well, in June, the Chronicle of Higher Education published an article about a new model for quality assurance standards. This was led by Entangled Solutions. Um, we'll post the full framework on the blog post that we that we do for this roundup. But as of December, we haven't seen a school actually release outcomes under that framework. So uh, we'll let you know if, if a school actually does that in the future. Until then, this is just kind of a set of standards, but still interesting. Plus, in June, we published a great guide to coding boot camps with job guarantees. So we talked about these before, you know, earlier in February, there were like a couple of schools that were kind of flirting with job guarantees. But by June, there were enough schools that were offering job guarantees that we published a list of the schools that offer those. And then also several things to watch out for when you see that job guarantee advertised. There are a lot of nuances between them and different schools offer them in different ways. So that was an awesome piece. Love having that on the blog. Yay. And then in July, 
two established boot camps with campuses around the US, Dev Bootcamp and the Iron Yard, announced that they would both be closing in 2017. So on July 12th, Dev Bootcamp president Tarlin Ray emailed students and alumni to say that after five years, the bootcamp was going to cease operations in December 2017. The official statement was, quote, We've determined that we can't reach a sustainable business model without compromising our mission of delivering a high-quality coding education that remains accessible to a diverse population of students. So Dev Bootcamp was one of the first coding bootcamps which started in 2012 and had campuses in Austin, Chicago, New York, San Diego, San Francisco and Seattle. And since that one closed, we put together a list of 14 alternatives to Dev Bootcamp on the Course Report blog. And these are schools which could provide similar or equivalent education to those schools in the locations where Dev Bootcamp operated. And then also in July, the Iron Yard announced that their last cohort would finish in summer 2017. So that means they've now ceased operations at all 15 campuses around the US. That was a shame, but we didn't we hear something about former Iron Yard staff starting new boot camps? Yeah, so two groups of Iron Yard staff members are starting new boot camps in South Carolina, um, which is an area that really felt the loss of the Iron Yard campus. So I think Liz is going to talk more about that later. And then what about the Dev Bootcamp staff? Well, they're also going on to great things. A Dev Bootcamp staff member has just been hired at Flatiron School and a former business development lead is writing and starring in his own TV series about life working in tech. And another friend at Dev Bootcamp is working at Andela, right? That's correct. Yeah. Cool. All right. So Dev Bootcamp and the Iron Yard closed. Um, Did that mean that coding bootcamps just completely shut down and the industry was over in July? (laughs) No, not quite, Liz. Don't worry. We actually also published our market growth report in July, and we found that the coding bootcamp market has grown by 10.5 times since 2012 when first bootcamps launched. In that report, we estimated that there would be 22,900 bootcamp grads in 2017, and that's compared with 15,000 in 2016. And in 2017, there are 95 schools compared with 91 in 2016. And on a side note, we found that full stack JavaScript was the most common teaching language at a coding bootcamp. Cool. Yeah. So even though there were some closings, I think overall, we saw that the industry continued to grow and graduate even more developers. And, you know, Dev Bootcamp and the Iron Yard announced that they would close in 2017. But a lot of other schools, Hack Reactor, General Assembly, BrainStation are all expanding. So I think that this was kind of a predictable shakeout, especially for an industry that like hit five years running. So uh, yeah, I think we'll continue to see, you know, quality providers expand and and stay in the industry and, and some others will drop out. And in August, we have a trend alert. Politico covered the passing by Congress of a $3 billion expansion of the GI Bill, which aims to give veterans more flexibility to get new skills later in life through higher education and non-traditional education providers like coding boot camps. So there were two outlets who gave really good insight on this new change. Comcast Xfinity shared a video report focusing on Galvanize and interviewed some successful veterans who used the GI Bill to fund their boot camp. And then WKBN interviewed Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton about how proposed changes to the GI Bill will allow veterans to attend coding boot camps. 
So cool. Because before this, boot camps, um, you know, a few boot camps went through a ton of red tape to get VA approved and to be able to accept the GI Bill. But it took so much time, effort, energy, money um, to do that. And so this is a nice overhaul that like recognizes that, you know, vocational training and those benefits should apply to boot camps. Um, Lauren, were there other like any other major stipulations that kind of changed with this bill? Yes, actually. So for new enlistees, the 15-year limit on when recipients must use their GI Bill benefits has been removed. So now veterans can learn whenever they can. Well, in May, we discovered that 80% of U.S. tech hiring managers and recruiters had hired a coding bootcamp graduate. And in September, Forbes talked to a number of employers about why they like to hire from bootcamps. Those employers ranged from big companies like Overstock.com to smaller shops like Equity Multiple, Level 11, Textio. And the employers pointed out that bootcamp graduates uh, usually showed a desire to grow, they could help diversify your company, and that they were up to speed on the latest technologies. Their advice to other hiring managers who are considering hiring boot campers is to remember that as an employer, you should assess the whole person, not just their schooling. And I could not agree more. And then in less positive news, in September, Galvanize laid off 11% of its workforce. That meant 40 people. Okay, we've got another trend alert. In September, we noticed that deferred tuition and ISAs, income sharing agreements, were becoming huge. They were on the tip of everyone's tongue. So um, Imogen put together this guide on the blog and explained the difference between the two payment options and which schools offered each. So um, ISAs and deferred tuition are both interesting because they align a school's incentives with those of their students. Because if a you know student isn't successful, then neither is the school. But they are totally different. So ISA, an income share agreement, means that a student pays a percentage of their salary after they graduate back to the school. And deferred tuition means that a student doesn't start paying tuition until they get a job, but there is a set tuition. Um, So schools that offered deferred tuition were like App Academy, Hackbright, Grace Hopper, and then New York Code and Design Academy and General Assembly started offering income sharing agreements. I think both were really interesting. So you can read the article to find out some of those more nuanced differences, but there's a lot of a lot going on around regulation around these two payment options, um, and so we will continue to keep people up to date on that. Um, but that's a great a great guide on the blog. In October, the Attorney General of New York announced a three hundred and seventy five thousand dollars settlement with Flatiron School. A number of publications reported on this, including Ed Surge reporter Sidney Johnson. The Attorney General's office didn't say that Flatiron's outcomes reports were wrong, but rather that they didn't clearly and conspicuously disclose their full calculations and methodology when they promoted average salary and job placement rate. Also, Flatiron operated online without a license. Despite that settlement, we also learned that WeWork acquired Flatiron School in October. This was covered by CNN, TechCrunch and more. And the next web reporter, Matthew Hughes, looked at how Flatiron School can now upskill WeWork members. Adam Newman, the WeWork CEO, told Fast Company that, quote, In Flatiron, we have found a partner who shares our vision of connecting people through space, design, technology and community and understands that those connections are what humanizes the way we work and live. 
Well, I think we can totally see how this is going to affect both businesses going forward. But has anything happened since that acquisition so far, Imogen? Yeah, so the main announcement is that Flatiron School is going to be opening a new campus in Washington, D.C. at a WeWork in D.C. So cool. Well, I had Flatiron COO Christy Riordan on our podcast this year, right after they announced the acquisition. Um, we were talking about building diversity in boot camps, but we also talked about how Flatiron would continue to increase diversity and access to coding education, especially since they've been acquired by WeWork and they can kind of tap into this whole new pool of potential students. And then staying with October news, Forbes reporter Lauren Gensler reported that Strayer Education and Capella Education merged in a $1.9 billion deal to create one of the country's largest for-profit education companies, which is now called Strategic Education Inc. In 2016, Strayer acquired New York Code and Design Academy, and Capella acquired Hackbright Academy and Dev Mountain Coding Boot Camps. So this new company, Strategic Education, now owns boot camps which cover a good chunk of the country, including New York, San Francisco, D.C., Philadelphia, Salt Lake City, Phoenix, and Dallas. And for the first time uh, in four years, Course Report published our top 49 coding boot camps of 2017. Uh, that list included, we narrowed it down to full-time, immersive, in-person, web and mobile development boot camps. And we included boot camps that had transparent outcomes, uh, multiple campuses, reputable instructors, a commitment to diversity, some scholarships or innovative play- payment plans, and that had an intentional application process. This is something that our readers have been asking us for for years, and we wanted to wait until we could like really put together a data-driven, really strong list of those top 49 schools. Uh, and so, yeah, we got, to, we got to publish that in September. Cool. And in November, the push for internal boot camp regulation continued. Sarah McBride of Bloomberg published a piece on a new report in NYC called Key Practices for Accelerating Tech Training, laying out a dozen guidelines for New York City coding schools to follow, which included promoting transparency, helping students land paid internships, connecting them with jobs, and offering fair loan options. So far, Full Stack Academy, General Assembly, and New York Coding and Design Academy have signed on to follow the guidelines. So Lauren, what was the main push for New York City to create these guidelines? That's a great question. So the city's tech talent pipeline compiled the report, and the director, Lauren Anderson, says, the quality of boot camp providers varies considerably. We wanted to pull together inventory of the the 12 key practices that are really essential in order to help them focus on improving job prospects. And already in December, we know that Thinkful acquired Viking Code School and the Odin Project. Both of those were started by an App Academy grad. Uh, The Odin Project was this open source learn to code platform. And then Viking Code School was kind of their boot camp offering. They didn't disclose details of that deal, but that was Thinkful's first acquisition and a very interesting one. Plus, former staff from the Iron Yard have now announced that they are launching two new boot camps. Those are Carolina Code School and Momentum. So from the ashes of the Iron Yard rise two new schools. And on Course Report, we just published our Outcomes and Demographics Report. We do this every year. We survey over a 1,000 graduates of coding boot camps to find out 
what happened after they graduated, their average salaries, and uh, the types of people that are actually attending coding boot camps. And here's what we found. So coding boot campers report about a $24,000 average salary increase in their first job after graduating. That's about a 51% salary lift, which is pretty crazy. Uh, the average post boot camp starting salary is about $71,000. The typical attendee is 30 years old, has about th six years of work experience, at least a bachelor's degree, which is very important, and has never worked as a programmer before. And 20% of 2017 alumni reported using an external lending partner, which is way up from 2015. The most popular lending partners are Climb Credit and Skills Fund. And then if you want to go in and read the full report, click on the insights tab. And we dug really deep into how successful students and graduates are by race, by gender, location, socioeconomic status, even like undergraduate major. All of that is really interesting data. And it's kind of like the only look that we have at data around coding bootcamp graduates, who they are and how successful they are. Wow. So, okay. That was a great look back at 2017. Thanks for time traveling with us. Yeah. So let's recap the major trends. Well, I'd say the major trends in schools have been job guarantees for students, income sharing agreements, um, really innovative payment plans. You know, in 2017, we already saw some corporate training and those types of partnerships. I think in 2018, we'll continue to see boot camps really expand their corporate training arms, working with companies to retrain their existing employees in all the updated technologies that you see in a coding boot camp. Also, as we, you know, hit five years in the bootcamp industry, we definitely saw a bit of a shakeout over 2017. But overall, the industry continues to grow. And I think even more importantly, graduates continue to report really strong outcomes in 2017. And that is, you know, essentially what matters. Yeah. And then looking back at 2017, bootcamps also remained quite diverse and employers started to take note. That diversity includes diversity of thought and backgrounds, and we continue to see more veterans retraining in tech. We also saw several major fundraisers. We mentioned Trilogy and Holburton School, but Andela raised $40 million in October. Galvanize raised $7 million. Mission U raised $8.5 million in September. And then Kinsey Academy raised $1.6 million in November. And in addition to fundraises, we saw some major acquisitions. We mentioned, you know, WeWork acquiring Flatiron School. That was huge. Um, Thinkful acquiring Viking Code School and the Odin Project. And then that merger between Strayer and Capella means that, you know, Hackbright, Dev Mountain, and New York Code and Design Academy are now all under the same arm, which is really, really interesting. And while we likely won't see more federal regulation in the U.S., internal regulation continues to mature. And then as we think about, um, you know, just general media outlook on boot camps in 2017, I think, you know, as boot camps become more mainstream, it's way more enticing for press to kind of pick up on those negative stories. But I think boot camps continue to be really well perceived by students. And regardless, you know, we will continue to keep you updated on all of the media coverage around boot camps in 2018. So tune in in January. It's been a great 2017, and we can't wait to hear what happens in 2018. Absolutely. Happy New Year, y'all. Yes, and hope you guys are having happy holidays. Wonderful. Well, thank you for joining us on this little 
time travel adventure. Uh, We appreciated you listening all year and we will see you in 2018. And as always, we love feedback. So please email us at hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes, subscribing to the Course Report podcast and leaving a review. And we will see you next year on the Course Report podcast. Bye. Bye.